the Movies, a podcast where we rant about films you may have seen at house parties. I'm one of your hosts and jack-of-all-trades mono, and hacking me to bits at the first hint of infection is my co-host and master of none, Kira. That's why we own a machete. That's not... That's partly why we own a machete. Yeah, for when the zombies come. Yes. It is a nice decorative machete. It's also still a machete. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, well, not zombies... As you have lately taken to calling them. Oh, Zombies. Zombies. We yes. were talking 28 days later. Yes, Zombies. The, the film that's probably responsible for my love of zombie films, I would say. Definitely responsible for the modern zombie re-emergence. There were quite a few fast zombies after it. Yeah. But I think it was just people enjoyed the, the, the fast moving zombie take. Because it, it is fucking awesome. And it being a virus as opposed to, oh, the dead are coming back to life. Yeah, that that in particular the, they the did. The George A. Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely there was a shift from that oh, it's just reanimated dead to, oh, it might still be reanimated dead, but it's a virus that's doing it. And yeah, there's a bit more You don't have to die it. and it's, it was immediate and, and yeah, they were fast. But I think what makes this one stand out that bit more is because they're not actually zombies. They're not dead. No, there is They're someone... just insanely angry. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this off air, the similarities between this and a Clive Barker story called Project Blind Boy. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, only Project Blind Boy takes... Lust, and that Lust. makes it a far different film. Yeah. <laughs> there is an element of it that we'll probably touch on later, um, but we should at least get to a summary first before we, we, we touch on that. Yeah. Hitting the summary relatively early for us. But yeah. <laughs> But I love this film so much, I know if I get started talking on any one thing, that'll just be the end of it. So, (laughs) So, summary time. 28 days after a viral outbreak, Jim wakes from a coma in a deserted hospital with no idea what's happened to everyone. After assaulting a priest and nearly getting blown up, Jim is rescued by Mark and Selena, who let him in on the effect of zombie apocalypse. After ditching Mark, Jim and Selena meet up with Frank and his daughter Hannah, and together they try to make their way north of London to a group of soldiers claiming to have safety and a cure. There's always somebody saying they have a cure. Yeah, yeah, there is. Stupid soldiers. Yeah, it's always like, oh, soldiers, we have a cure. Like in uh, 12 Monkeys, it's like, oh, we're soldiers, we have a cure. Yeah, in Day of the Triffids, which this film was accused of ripping off. I love Day of the Triffids. <laughs> it's, it's a similar setup. It is, it's it's uh, the same in fucking stupid I Am Legend, only he brings the cure to the military. In the shitty, shitty movie. In the shitty, shitty movie, the yeah. The shitty, shitty movie. No, not the awesome book. The awesome no. book has no military. No. <laughs> Vampire Society, yes. Spoiler for the end of I Am Legend, the book. Go read it anyway. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, no, it is. It, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, bit tropey, cure- but I do, I like, I like how it's played out in this. If only for the scene that it gives us at the fucking end of the Oh, film. yes. Possibly one of my favourite scenes in This, this movie has, has, has probably one of the best opening sequences. Like, in terms of setting up everything, of, like, this disorientation, waking up alone in a hospital. Oh, well, sorry, yeah, I, I thought you meant the, the, the kind of cold open of the, the, the monkey and the animal rights no, guys. No, um, the cold opening, it just, I generally, I'm like, don't open, like, it's chimps, I don't care who the fuck you are, it is not safe to let an animal that size out. Yep. Especially not one that's that visibly pissed off. Especially not when... A chimp can rip you limb from limb just because it is bored. Well, they is... are they are way stronger than There's us. There's two things that I really like about that that kind of cold opening scene. One is the scientist. Goebbels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is Goebbels in Churchill, the Hollywood years. Future episode, eventually. Um, oh, Lord, but, it's Satan. <laughs> I mean, Goebbels. But uh, it's, it's Goebbels. I mean, a scientist. 
But straight away, the first thing he says when he realizes they're trying to like break the monkey. Oh god, out he's is, fucking terrified. No, he's like, "Don't let them out." Well, he tries to get to security, but straight no. away, then he's like, "They're infected." I think that's the first yeah, word. Yeah, they're infected. To them. Don't like. They're, it's in their blood it's in their and, saliva you cannot let them yeah, out and then and he then tries like, to they're explain infected more with rage. You, yeah. yeah just no don't do it but the other thing that I like is it opens on a thing that zombie films often tend to open on which is footage of riots and stuff like that mm. and most of the times it's like then a news montage usual. you get the kind of spiral and, yeah and it's like oh zombie outbreak has happened and the footage of riots and shit that you're seeing is supposed to be of the zombie outbreak happening. Yeah. But in this, it opens with that. And no, that's actually all the horrible shit they're show- showing the poor chimps. Yeah. I just like to, that kind to of... To develop this rage aspect. It's almost a reversal. It, it's kind of the clockwork orange. Well, yeah, but I just... I like... Thing, like they are, they're doing that to that to the chimps. Yeah, but I like that it's a fake out kind of on our expectations of a zombie film. Like, I, the first time I watched it, I expect somebody on the news to start saying something about zombies or the dead rising yeah. or something to do with the virus, but no, that's not happened yet. I just realised that actually because it's so much like a clockwork orange and that was to stop him being like kind of ultra-violent, like sex-crazed maniac, which is also very like links back into to Project, Project Blind Boy. Boy and this as well. The three of them work quite nicely together. Yeah, but they're trying to turn the chimp into Alex as opposed to turn Alex into a productive member of society. Yeah. <laughs> Both things fail. But, sorry then, yeah, the other kind of the main opening scene of Jim waking up in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I fucking love it for, again, a number of reasons. Also, we discover that a bag of cans is quite an effective weapon. Oh yeah, a bag of cans to, <laughs> to the face of that priest. And then, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. No, Jim, you should. That was a Catholic priest. He deserved that bag of cans to the face, dead or alive. But I, Jim... Put a bag of cans to your local Catholic priest's face. Go for it. Anyway, Jim in the hospital, like, and he's just like on an IV and shit. And he's like, woke up and been like, what the fuck is going on? There's Mm. nobody here. But because the, the hospital isn't like ransacked... Yeah. Because nobody had time to make it to the fucking hospital. It's yeah. not like, again, it's, it's not like your standard one. Like, the hospital's not wrecked. There's not, like, the walking dead where it's like... Don't open dead inside. Or don't dead open inside. Yeah, don't dead open inside because somebody wrote that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like that where it was the epicenter of the outbreak. Nobody... Nobody spread, makes it to the hospital Yeah, it spread virus. so fast. The one or two who may have made it inside... It wouldn't have kind of spread as far. No, I'd say if anybody in the hospital got infected, it was only because there was infected people nearby that ran into the hospital. Because it seems to be have even when you do see, there's like almost like pockets of infected. What when you see them? Yeah, they like they've either kind of like herded together. Yeah, and I I always kind of assumed that's just because say the w- whatever. Effect out. Well, a little bit of like whatever has attracted say some noise happens and it attracts a bunch mm. of zombies and they kill whatever makes that noise. And then they've, they've heard... And then that group just kind of, they've nothing to get yeah, their attention around. so they just kind of mill around that area As until... As opposed to, like, say, Shaun of the Dead. Everyone's just kind of, like, wandering about. They're just constantly shambling. Yeah, these yeah, ones only move when there's something yeah. to attack, really. Well, you see that when he when he finally makes it to the church and the one or two go, Mwah. Yeah. The ones it, that didn't quite make it to Heaven's Gate. It, <laughs> interestingly, uh, it's not something I'd ever really considered before, but... The rage zombies, shouldn't they attack each other? I don't know. Like, in other zombie things, they're like, they want brains or they want flesh or whatever, but, like, they they want living people. Yeah, fresh meat. If the rage virus is just, rage, rage, fucking rage, (laughs) um, (laughs) then, 
why wouldn't they attack each other? And we don't actually see any of them attack each no, other. No, they seem to kind of, once they're done kind of massacring or like spewing on them, because they don't even seem to bite. They just seem to hold them down and go all over them in some weird fucked up baby bird kind of thing. There is a lot of vomiting. There also is plenty of attacking. Yeah, but it most of the people that you see are seem to be like relatively whole. As opposed to, like, say, in Resident Evil or your yeah, more traditional reanimation one where, like, they, they're they missing chunks. In this, they well, seem to need to be relatively whole to rea- to to continue on. Well, yeah, because they, they're not like normal zombies in that they're not reanimated. Anything that kills a human will kill one of the rage yeah, zombies. Yeah, so they are. So it, it is an infection. I so always, it, it, there I seems to still be some cognitive, at least pri- on a primal basis, of... Well, you've already got the thing. The virus just seems to want to spread and mutate. Uh, true, so yeah, there could be that be aspect of it. avoiding itself. But also, I think, it just in terms of why... Like, if there's nothing for it to spread into, it's not going to bother. Well, yeah, I mean, a virus tends to want to propagate itself. Yeah. But as to the fact that there's not many, like, fetid, falling apart zombies wandering around... Because... Well, it's only been four weeks. Well, not even that. <laughs> um, the rage zombies that are attacking people, it's only the ones that manage to escape from their initial attacker that will then turn into a rage zombie because I'd say anybody else is just a dead victim. Yeah, well, you do seem to see... Yeah, you do see the the rage zombies killing people. Yeah. And when they've killed one person, they just move on to the next living person and that person, they're not reanimating. They're just dead now. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot less rage zombies than there would be zombie zombies in a traditional undead sense. Yeah, because they would get, get to a, a big empty London, I think. Yeah, well, because it would get to kind of like a peak sustainable size, and yeah. then it would just start to peter out. Yeah, and they've probably found out then and ter- mm. search for, it, and then you get later on where they've burned Manchester mm. to drive them out. But yeah, London, London is four weeks on. Everybody's either dead, infected, or gone. Yeah, and it, you or on the ab- Isle of Dogs. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely get that sense as he's wandering around mm. the toppled buses. One of the things I love is when he sets off the car alarm. Oh, and it scares the and shit it scares out the of shit out of him because, like London, anytime like if you if you've ever been in any busy city, it is constant, constant noise, and there's not even there's birds. No, yeah, yeah, there's there is no noise there, for him until he sets off that car alarm, and, and that would be him, unbelievably yeah. loud if you weren't used to it and it would echo as well in the buildings. Yeah, and the first sound he would have heard apart from his own voice. Yeah, and obviously kicking the shit out of the um, soda machine and his crinkly plastic bag of cans. <laughs> and then just before he goes into the church when the you start to get the music boards. and he comes up to the poster board and you get that music build and the way the camera angles cut and move around, you just get this absolute sense of panic building in. Yeah, he's, Murphy, looking in at all, he's looking at all these missing and we'll wait for you and we miss you like and it's weird because it's not like the aftermath of a major disaster where they're all missing posters where it's like have you seen this person like we saw in the aftermath of 9-11 which ironically happened this was filmed during that well not only that but when it was released because this was released in 2002 there was a backlash because a lot of people said that 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 scene in particular was was insensitive not really, and, but... Uh, well, I can see why people would have been upset at the time. But now, 20 years on, 21 years on, I much prefer that it's in there. Like Danny Boyle said, if yeah. he had shot it after 9-11, he wouldn't have had that scene in there. But no. that's such a great scene. And that, like, him at that poster board is the crescendo of that scene with the music building and the panic. 
and the, the kind of realisation that something on a major scale had happened obviously in a post 9-11 world something like that you'd be like oh shit something's gone wrong but that hadn't happened yeah in the world as we knew it at the time yeah we hadn't had 9-11 and we hadn't had coronavirus yeah but, the, <laughs> but something like that where there was it affected that many people mm. across it and like that many people were missing or lost nothing of that scale had kind of occurred. Yeah, and, and especially for him having seen Empty London and then, you know, he's just trying to piece it all together. Yeah, because there's no obvious signs of anything having happened, like... Yeah, there is a bus turned over and there's a couple of, like, crashed cars and, and upturned But tables there's no, the like, sign like of was there, like, an invasion? Like, there's no... Like, there probably should be a few more bodies in the streets. Yeah. In fairness. But it but is it, because it, it is, out, it is like it. a ghost town, mm. and it is it's very eerie. And he finds the one or two papers that are kind of piecing bits together. Mm. But yeah, no fair play to them for that as well because they had to pay people to go around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my second favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. I think is that one of him wandering around empty London after yeah. waking up. It's just ah, oh, the the whole film is beautiful, but just that scene and then the one at the end. Ah, oh, they're so good. <laughs> But he makes it to the empty church, which is his, the first time he kind of has come across people. Yeah, well, that's dead people. <laughs> yeah, but it's your first time that he interacts with somebody who's actually infected. Yeah. And he still doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And there's presumably been some sort of culmination reached within the... It, it does look like all those people... Well, I'm guessing all those people killed themselves. Because there's that many yeah. people together, in, and they're all sitting, they're all all sitting quite down. Peaceful. Yeah, yeah, except for the one or two. Even that, or that's just where all the rage zombies are chilling out. They're like, "Well, sit down in the church and hang out for a while." Yeah, except for the priest, which yeah, well, he's like, "Hi, how are you, Father?" And <laughs> the, the father's like, ah! and and is played by Toby Sedgwick. Toby Sedgwick. Toby Sedgwick, who in and of himself is incredibly interesting. He was the director of movement and horse choreography for War Horse. All right. And uh, he founded the moving picture Mime Show, which is one of the innovators of physical theatre throughout the world. So cool. body movement is is his whole bag. And the first rage zombie that you see kind of in that menacing, yeah, not in almost stampede mode. Yeah, it's before they kind of, they, and the rest of them do, they kind of... It's like they gear up. Yeah. And once they start running, it's just the, feral. They, uh, yeah, they, that, they kind of T-1000 it. Like, uh, they really, some of them yeah. really go for oh, it. Oh, it was all athletes. Yeah, and they do fucking go. Oh, yeah. That He has that really kind of awkward, almost like rigor mortis or, uh, not rigor mortis, what would you call it? Like, muscle cramp? Bonitis? No, like when you think about it, like if you're all like pumped up on rage and adrenaline, after a while you would start to get like the dinosaur hands yeah. and everything because you'd get the build, uh, presumably you would still get a build up of lactic acid mm. that would make all your muscles cramp up. Yeah. So they do all kind of have that gnarly like yeah. look to them and he moves like he's been out running around all day. Given his credentials, I'd say a lot of the other zombies on set were told, watch this guy, replicate it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the way he moves in this kind of really weird shambolic but then it just kicks up a notch mm. but yeah and then after that is when we see our first chase scene yeah because like three, the three or four of them that are downstairs are like out of here yeah and that's when he nearly gets blown up as Selena and Mark rescue him with Molotov cocktails and then blow up a petrol station oh yeah <laughs> what is it rule number three cardio <laughs> uh, I think that's rule number two but yes it's basically that yeah because they do run around that petrol station a, a few little times. bit, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then and then get blow the fuck it up. out of there. I just i I couldn't get over it and still can't get over 
Mark's joke when they've rescued Jim. Like, Jim clearly has no fucking clue what's going on. He keeps yeah. asking, like, who are these people? What's going on? Where are we? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's in scrubs. He's panicked. He's yeah. wandering around, clearly lost. And, and Celine gets it straight away. She's like, oh, he's he doesn't work in the hospital. Like, he was patient. Yeah, and, she, yeah, and she's like, they, the whole time, she's just like, come on. And when they finally get him to safety... He tells like, a shitty the... joke. Yeah, no. While no. wearing a gas mask. Yeah. And poor fucking Jim is clearly terrified. And he's like, oh, God, no sense of humor. He's like, no, you don't, you dickhead. Yeah, Mark's a bit of a prick. Mark is a bit of a prick. I'm imagining he's a rich prick. Oh, his dad owns a dealership. He's got one of those chiseled jaws that's like punchable. Well, no, it's because of the story he tells. I yeah. mean, he tells a good story, but he talks about going to the train station with a, a suitcase full of cash. So I'm like, ah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. And would also probably explain his sort of dickish attitude. And it makes it easier when Selena hacks him to bits to be like, eh, he was a rich cunt anyway. Yeah. Probably also, you get to one see less Selena. Tory voter. You get to see <laughs> Selena hack him to bits. Yeah. And it's a win-win. When Selena hacks him to bits, it's, it's after they found Jim's parents. Oh, and yeah. When he goes to Deptford. Yeah, that's the part in the film where the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's that kind of film. It's going to be a dark zombie film. It's not going to be yeah, an action film. They find zombie them film. and they're like, we. Well, just because it lingers on the parents in the bed for so long, and they look so frail, and you see the pills, and you see the the alcohol, and then yeah, you get the, the picture, letter. and you see what's written on it, and it's like, oh, that's rough. Like that, yeah, no, I mean, because that's only like maybe twenty minutes into the film, and all you've had is Jim wandering around lost. Um, yeah, Jim's woken up in a hospital. You don't know how long he's been out for. Well, you do. Well, you don't know how long he's been out for, but you yeah. know how long since the outbreak. Yeah. And then you get the first zombie chase scene. Big explosion. Yeah. So you could be thinking, oh, this could be quite a Ooh, bombastic. Yeah, more like the second one. Because the second one still is darker in tone, but it's more actually yeah. and more zombie filled. This, not so much. And that's the scene, I think, where you really realise it, especially then when it follows this with... This has some really beautiful little quiet moments like that are very reflective and it deals more with kind of the human psyche and through all this, Jim is trying to process just how much his world has changed. Yeah, his own grief. His Yeah, on top of the whole world being fucked, his own personal world has just fallen apart. Yeah. He has nobody left. No, well, except He's for one person who's... mildly tolerant of him. Well, one person who seems to be completely, like, <clears throat> cynical and has real hard sensibilities. And the other one who's, like, very nihilistic in his approach to things. Yeah, but, like, so you're not getting much support trust- from them, too. Nobody's trusting each other. Mm. And then you have an attack scene and Mark gets infected and Selena hacks him to bits with no hesitation. Oh, God, no. And it's like, oh, it's really one of those type of films. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like, oh no, it's in his hand, and they cut off the hand, and they're like, oh no, yeah, it's in or the like the, the usual thing of him trying to hide it, because obviously you can't hide this for no, more than like 20 seconds. Yeah, um, I, I like, I do like that aspect because I fucking hate that trope. Yeah, it, it, it's because really... I know people who would fucking do that. Yeah, uh, like honestly, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, there's about four or five people that I'm just gonna just kill. <laughs> just as a point, where no, yeah, we're we're gonna be. Oh fuck! What's it, the the psychic in one of the dead? Oh god, no! The one who's like, they're like, you just killed it. He wasn't a zombie. Yeah, you owe me money. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a few. There's there's about two or three of them that would. It's a couple hide. on the list. Yeah, yeah. they'd hide a bite. Yeah, we're doing the world a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know who's on your. I'd kill them even if they were into zombie list. 
But just if the opportunity arose. Hey, I mean, like, it, it would. It'd be Homer. Oh, my God, you killed zombie Ned Flanders. Zombie? zombie. <laughs> but, yeah, Mac deserves it. Well, I don't know if Mac deserves it, but I like to think Mac deserves it. Yeah. Although I do like his story just when he's talking about realising that they're trampling on people and that it was like a carpet of people and then it just became a deeper carpet of people and he had to like climb his way out and he got up on top of the kiosk. I don't know. I think I just zoned out, Mark. Fair enough. He's not around for long. Yeah, I was just like, I eh, don't care. Uh, <laughs> you die now. Bye-bye. Yeah, there's no point in getting attached to him. <laughs> no, couldn't give a shit. Celine is fun. Celine's like real hard ass, but she's also like not going to leave Jim. Because he doesn't know. I think she'll help him to a certain point. And then she's quite happy to cut him And then loose. she will have to, because you see but that she when does, they're in she the tower. Doesn't, yeah, she doesn't have it in her to just abandon him. Yeah, because when they're in the tower and they're going up the stairs. Yeah. And Oh, she'd fucking leave him there. Well, no, no but <laughs> she doesn't. He, she's asked if they need a break. And he's like, no. And then he's like, oh, actually, yeah. And he says he has a headache and she's like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, I didn't think you'd care. Yeah. And at that point, they're not in any immediate danger. And he is still like useful to her. So yeah, keep get rid of his headache. Keep We can both yeah. keep going faster. As soon as there's zombies running up the stairs, yeah, she's, she's like, no. gone and he's screaming, Selena, wait. <laughs> How did they get all their shopping trolleys there? That I would don't... not have been a quiet minute, like endeavor. No, it wouldn't have been. But Frank does seem to have a pretty good setup with his oh, riot he... gear and his various locked doors. So yeah, he's held off for a while. Yeah, but that's that's another one of those moments when the rage zombies start climbing the trolleys. And it's you're like, like, oh, oh fuck! Shit. Not only are they fast, they can climb shit. They're, they're yeah, they're just as dexterous and and fucking agile as your average human. Yeah, Hooray! They're, they're not tired as zombies. <laughs> no, no, they're not fat. <laughs> Slavenly zombies. No. They're CrossFit zombies. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, we meet Frank and Hannah pretty quickly after Mark's demise. Block, yeah. I and do. They, yeah, no, I like their whole gig. I love the poor fish. Oh, oh and the, the, well, I mean, the little inch of water. The at poor least they've bastard. kept the fish alive as long as they could. Do you put them outside? It's like what? There's they, no rainwater. That's like one of the plot pond. points. Huh? It's probably a pond somewhere. Okay, look, you can keep the fish alive in an inch or two of water or you can risk no, almost... you can't. It's really or you, or you can risk almost certain death to get them to a pond. <laughs> okay, I'm saying at least they're doing what they can for the but goldfish. But they eat the fish. Oh my God, why are you so hung up on the goldfish? Because why, why keep it that long and then leave it in the apartment? Drop it. Or I'm going to go and buy some goldfish and kill them intentionally. Well, I can't keep goldfish alive. So. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, I'll just buy some goldfish and give them to you. <laughs> That's not my fault. I didn't know they jumped out of the tank. Uh, well, we know Put now. a lid on your goldfish tank. Yes, goldfish jump. <laughs> At least Kira's do anyway. Stop it. <laughs> They're like Paris Hilton's dogs in South Park. Oh, they all kept killing themselves. Oh, stop. <laughs> Not good with things that live in water, okay? Yes. Oh, and Frank is, of course, another one of our own, Brendan Gleeson. Ah. Uh, and Selena Frank. is Naomi Harris, and Hannah is Megan Burns. And I didn't bother to write Mark's name down, but he was the Burning Man in Event Horizon, as you pointed out to me. Yep. He has been in other stuff, but he was the Burning Man in Event Horizon. Yeah, we only, we, only, from. we only care about previous episodes. <laughs> Yeah, no, Frank is one of those people who's watched a bit too much Ray Mears. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> but it's useful, like... Uh, cause well, he's he, trying. Yeah, because he talks about the, he, uh, about collecting water from condensation, but he couldn't figure out how it worked. 
Yeah, apparently the reason it wouldn't work for him is because he's got it over an asphalt roof and you need to do that over soil because it's the it's moisture the getting released from the ground that you're trying to trap. Yeah, or you hang it from a, a tree, I think, so you get it coming off the leaves. Yeah, but uh, an asphalt or roof you, won't work. Yeah, or <laughs> I think, yeah, it was something like you put it that bag around the tree. I, around like a branch and it, you get it off the leaves or something. I don't know. Yeah. Watch Ramirez. Yeah. Um, Frank did. <laughs> Frank and, did. And it served him well. Yeah. Except for the dry shaving. That just looked painful. Just do grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go with it. Just go with it. Although I don't blame him because he gets up covered in a whole load of fake blood and that stuff is sticky as shit. <laughs> yeah. Facial hair, not it was going to be waxed off anyway. Yeah, practically speaking, from yeah. an actor's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Clean shaving. But I do like how, like one of the first things Selena says to Jim in confidence when they get there is like, oh, they need us more than we need them. Yeah. But it's absolutely not true as things turn out because like he's got a taxi with a whole load of... They have a fucking... They have timed doing a tyre change. Yeah. They're a well-oiled Formula One team. He's been waiting on an opportunity. Like he... They were flashing the lights. Yeah. Obviously only for... I'm guessing for maybe a few times... A few minutes a night or a few minutes every hour or something like that. To try and get survivors' attentions, because obviously his plan is we've heard this soldier thing. We but we can't but do we it can't by go, ourselves. Just the two of us. We need a couple more bodies at least to help drive in shifts. Yeah. Um, just for the overall logistics of getting to Manchester. Somewhere or, near Manchester, I think. Yeah. They were like the twenty sixth barricade or something like that, blockade. But I like that you've got then this kind of really nice balance in the four characters of the kind of the, the humanist in Jim who doesn't really want to leave anybody behind mm. the the cynic or the hard ass in Selena the realist in Frank and then obviously the idealist in the yeah she's all the kind of the innocent to a degree like to a degree still, but she's, she's she's practical as well she's, she's very extremely practical, practical and she has she has some quite good moments where like where she calls Selena out and she's like, you're wrong. After Frank has said, you're right. You know, it was the truth. We do need you. Yeah. Hannah's like, no, you, you actually need us as yeah, much. We you just aren't admitting yeah. it. And then I really liked a bit later on when Major West is having his speech about, oh, it's people killing people. That's what I saw before the virus. That's what I see now. Yeah. And he says something to Hannah about, oh, he tells her she really needs to eat. And she's like, no, I really need to bury my dad. He's one of the people you were just talking about. Yeah. She's just, she's got some great bits. Yeah. Hannah towards the kind of after everything goes down when she's shut down. Mm. And it's just that very cold, blunt, I do not give a shit. I have nothing left to lose. Mm. And she's, she's an excellent actress actually. Yeah. She, she has only been in three things. She quit after this film and she did one thing in 2018 or 2017 and hasn't done anything else. Which is a shame. I mean, from like, you know, she's a really good actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, they're, you know what I mean, if she didn't want to act, I'm not going to force her to act. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, she's great in this. Yeah, the whole no, cast there's is a fantastic. couple, there's a couple of really like Hannah gets some nice little like kind of plot twists in this. Yeah. And she does. It, it really, really um, shines. Yeah. But you are right. The, the first half of this film is, it's really beautiful. And it's this real kind of like, it's very like, isolationist, like it's beautiful isolation. It's all very almost like soft focus. Yeah, it's a lot of dawn morning. and dusk. Yeah, it, the shots when they're like walking along the when they're when the they railroad. Stop, yeah, and they stop and have the picnic, and it's the countryside, and mm. there's the horses, and it's all very idyllic and, and serene, beautiful, yeah. and you've got the quarrel piece as they're driving up this empty motorway. Oh, the music in the film, not just mm. in in the house and a heartbeat. The music the whole way through it. I love the music in the grocery store. Yeah. 
<laughs> that cracks me up every time. Also, take more whiskey. Also, I, I do like the way he leaves his credit card behind. Yeah. <laughs> You're real like, I'm but, paying for this. <laughs> but you only took one bottle of whiskey. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you should probably take some more. Yeah. Especially the soldiers will appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's all very kind of like soft focus, soft lighting. Mm. Even when they're in the tunnel changing the tire. I Actually, as the zombies are coming around. Not, not zombies. I just they're, rage zombies is yeah. fine. As they're starting to come down the tunnel and you've got the shadows. No, the super long shadows. The super long yeah. shadows. And it's just this ominous shadow like running. And as even as they get smaller, you realise there's fucking hundreds of them coming. Mm. And they are fast. And the rats. I love the rats in that scene. Yeah. It's just such a nice touch that it's like, oh shit, there go the rats. But you have, you have just enough of, like it is, it's a really well paced film. But I like slow, but in a good way for the first hour. Yeah. Where you have all this stuff of Jim meeting up with Selena and Mark and then Frank and Hannah and then making their way to the soldiers. And yeah, there's a couple of zombie bits along the way. But it establishes kind of their dynamic as a group as well, mm. which becomes extremely important in the latter half of the film. Yeah. And there's there's just enough zombie stuff along the way to establish the, I was like Jim's the world is fucked. Jim's nightmare being yeah. left behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh you poor bastard <laughs> yeah and then Jim's weird roadhouse truck stop uh, yeah where the like Jim Jim works out some shit on this road trip and, <laughs> and, and I don't think anyone else really needed to be involved in it um, I, I, we were talking about this yesterday when we were watching it because the, the little kid zombie screams I hate you yeah just I... before he gets the shit knocked out of his face with a baseball bat yeah and I I always took it as because Jim hasn't had to do any violence up to this point. He's still very much... <laughs> he the, does violence. He, yeah, he does. He, 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 go, does, he, he goes does, in there and does a violence. As as Joe would say, he does a murder. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes in there and he does a murder on the little kid. But before the kid drops down, he has this look on his face. And it's that look of somebody who just wants to fuck somebody else up. And he says yeah. hello in a really deliberate way, hoping somebody's going to come out. And then the kid comes out and he pins him down. And just as he's about to smash him in the face, you hear a little kid screaming, I hate you. And I'm like, no other zombie talks. So I'm assuming it's not the zombie. And I'm like... It's, is it some weird voice in his head? Is Jim secretly a psychopath? No, I was like... Is Jim secretly a psychopath? Is the bike courier, courier story all a lie? Is all the events that happen later on actually Jim? Because what the fuck? No, because that would be <laughs> shitty like the yeah. fucking plot of Predators. Sorry. No, but I I always just thought it was kind of a thing where like it was just Jim working out some of his anger at the world. I actually went And this he... childish voice kind of came out. But no, apparently in the trivia it is supposed to be the zombie kid. Oh. And it's the only zombie that talks. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that was kind oh, of Oh, never shady. mind my made up symbolism. Also, the ADR don't match up. I do yeah. like though Jim's grin because it's very, very. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The scene in American History X when Edward Norton's getting, the character is getting arrested mm. after curb stomping the guy. No, oh, he's got that kind of... It's that same yeah. crazy eye look with the grin and just the almost like hyper focus. Mm. The tiny, tiny pupils, like it, yeah. pretty much the exact same. And it's the same kind of... Mm. Oh, Jesus. I think as well, because it is this unprovoked violence. Yeah. It that, that it just works really really well. Yeah, but the revelry. Yeah, and then when he comes out, he's like, "I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. Let's go. Drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens. Come on, get in the car. Let's go. Come on, chop chop. But yeah, then they make their way to the soldiers. 
and the soldiers the, more or less let Frank get killed. The blockade, the blockade breaks my heart every time they get to it. Yeah. I also like the fact that one of the bodies from the blockade went walkabouts and was found a couple of years later. Well, like one of the prop bodies. Oh, they didn't fight. No, it wasn't. It was there. left behind. It was, it was the it, the ones in the ditch. <laughs> it's about forgotten. Some about it. some woman saw it and crashed. And called the police, and it was like it was while they were still filming. Yeah, like so, Danny Boyle had to go down and kind of explain himself. Apparently, yeah, but they, they actually ended up doing kind of like a rolling closure of parts of the motorway to try and get. Footage. Oh no, no, the, the ditch that the soldiers have dropped bodies in. Oh, they left they them there. Left oh actual, God, no, left, no, it wasn't all of them, but they left one or two there by accident. And yeah, some, how it's a some body woman. <laughs> Some woman was driving by on a nearby road, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Crashed I don't, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's, and I, no, but I believe another one did go walkabouts offset and was then later found being displayed in a pub. No, that was, that, was that the, gifted? Yeah, the local crew just drank in that pub and uh, enjoyed it so much and after filming. And we're like, they here's a leg. Them, yeah, they, they gifted them uh, a zombie body. <laughs> Which gets trotted out every Halloween. But yeah, the even that bit at the blockade when Frank turns and the soldiers pop up all of a sudden oh, and those shoot him. Nasty little fucking bastards. But the first time you're watching it, you're like, you were there the whole time. You basically just let Frank die. And then you found out you find out the further plot and it makes all Yeah, sense. you're like, Oh yeah, of course. Given sense. given what they want. Everything makes sense now. But but why Frank? Because he's Hannah's father. Yeah, he's gonna fight harder. Yeah. And at least Farrell is is the only good I, soldier. I love Farrell. Yeah, I and he's really right. Do and Farrell has a line, and that line is established very early on in the interactions with them. Yeah, because he's one hundred percent right. He's like, it's literally been four weeks. The rest of the world is going on. They don't give a shit about us. They've quarantined us, and they're just waiting Wait on to us. See how what goes yeah. on. And these guys are just being like, oh, we're going to, they're all, they've all turned into the fucking artillery man they have. from War of the World. Yeah. They're, they're going to build a brave new world. They are, yeah. Fucking hell. Only champagne now, we're the boss. Oh, we'll yeah. have everything like prisons and banks. Why do you start with prisons? <laughs> yeah, not poetry. No. Science. We'll but, live yeah. underground. Yeah, oh, they, they, yeah. Major West is gone a bit, but I, I get the impression that even if Farrell thought the whole world was fucked, he still wouldn't be cool with let's what? get some brood wives. Like, yeah, nah. I, yeah, I don't think he'd be cool with that <sighs> in any way. Yeah, because they're 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 like, oh yeah, no, we need some ladies because we're gonna have to repopulate the planet, and it's like basically, yeah, that's that's, that's their yeah, excuse. We're just gonna start a whole new society, and we're gonna be okay, and we, we have need this. some women. And, and we need some ladies. And it's like, ugh. Yeah, Christopher uh, Eccleston tries to be like, oh, I needed it because my men were going to kill themselves and, and they saw no future and, and so I have a future without women. So I promised them women. It's like, yeah, okay, why? <laughs> That's like There's a very, very old joke and I can't remember who it's attributed to about being stationed out in the desert. Oh, with the camels. The camels? Oh, yeah, there's tons of versions of those. Yeah. Ones. But yeah, get them a fucking camel, dude. <laughs> Let them bugger each other. Yeah, come like, on. They're like one cop of, on. Yeah, in the dark. <laughs> they, any hole is a goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, let them soldiers bugger each other. Yeah, as is tradition. Tis the Greek way. Fucking Greeks. Uh, but Chris, uh, Christopher Eccleston. One or two of them are proper fucking psycho. I'm sorry. Like, especially that main bastard who I'm so happy with. Private Clifton. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ, how, like... I just had, I have one note for him. Psycho nut. No, I just have him down as rapey cunt, because oh. that's what he is. He's a rapey cunt. 
And he gets what's coming to him. Yeah, no, if this was the battalion of soldiers that was in Dog Soldiers, you'd be rooting for the werewolves. Oh, absolutely. Like, these are horrible, horrible No, you're people. not supposed to like any of them. And yeah. there's, there's a bit they have, like, in the... And you know that kind of Farrell is set aside because he doesn't interact with them. And they're all like, and they're all trying to degrade him and being like, oh, he's all new agey. Like, why mm. did you even join the military? Yeah. And they have, they have a bit of soldier, like soldiery banter, like from Dog Soldiers in the kind of first scene. Yeah. Where they're but all they fucking with the kids. Yeah. But they don't lay it on too heavy because obviously the other shoe is going to fall very soon. Yeah. And it does. And it doesn't take long for, for Major West to be like, hey, look, yeah, you saw my guys get a little bit handsy. So here's the deal. Yeah, I promised them women. And you're either with us or against us. And um, if you're against us, like Farrell is. We're going to take it back and have you put down. Yeah, although I do like how when Farrell takes uh, Paul's private Clifton off Selena. Clifton, he knows that the other lads have his back, so he yeah. tries to mouth off, and he's like, "Oh, what are you going to fucking do?" And he's like mid sentence, and uh, Farrell just puts a boot straight uh, yeah. to his face. Doesn't care. Oh, it's fucking brutal. That's Farrell's line. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Hands. Yeah, no, and he does he proper order like mid yeah. sentence, just boot straight and then to the just face. Stares west out of it. Yeah. As well, like, come on, you fucking try me. <laughs> yeah, am I wrong? Yeah, no, I Farrell, Farrell's a good guy. Yeah, Farrell and Jim won't stand for it, so they get taken out back to be shot. Yeah. Rapey cunt wants to be... Stabby? Yeah, he wants to be a stabby cunt. Why does he want to be a stab happy cunt? And I like the fact that Farrell's goading him as well. And everyone else is like, oh, no, man, just shoot him. Like, it's cleaner. And Farrell's like, oh, what? You're going to come fucking stab me? I think it's because... Like, you're going to be a big hard man trying to fucking stab me. I think Farrell takes a... There's a chance Jim might be able to escape if I do this. Or at the very least, if he comes at me with a knife, there's a good chance I can take it off and stab him back before the other fella shoots me. And I reckon Farrell can fucking handle himself because he's probably been in more fights than you know. Well, he took he already took Clifton down yeah. pretty quickly the yeah. first time. Yeah, that leads to Jim escaping and just my favourite Well, that's because Thingy, the, the kid, obviously does not want to see... Yeah, at least he's and, got the decency to just shoot Farrell and kill him. Yeah, he just shoots him and then that results in Rapey Cunt turning on him, which Jim uses as an opportunity to hide yep. in the pile of bodies. It's pretty the, clever. The, the tried and true method. <laughs> hide well, yeah, in the no, pile of bodies. <laughs> that's Jim's moves from here on out are clever and it's the only thing that keeps him alive. Yeah, it's like Jim's brain finally kicks into like... Survival mode. Yeah, and he just kind of goes a bit Rambo-y on everybody. He does, but it's, as I say, it's because he's smart about it, There's, it's pretty believable. Yeah. No, I enjoy it. Except for maybe... And the way he goes about things, it's more or less believable. Yeah, no, I know you were given out about him putting your man man in the the car, but that also makes sense for him to realise that the Jeep is disabled. Or he'll go looking for him. It was just the timing. I was just like, okay, he knocked him down. Yeah. So he fell down to the ground. Then he has to get down the ladder and drag him over to the thing without getting seen by West, who's just running around shooting everything. Yeah, just randomly. But it's, it's the only bit, everything else. He doesn't have to take on West there. West buggers off like a wuss back to the mansion. Yeah. And the first thing he does when he, when he gets back to the mansion, well, that Jim does when he gets back to the mansion, is release Mailer, their yeah. fucking pet zombie. And Mailer goes, you're up there, I can't get you, but I know that you and, come through that door <clears throat> there. And yeah, gone. And Mailer takes out one of the guys. Mailer is the only one where you kind of almost can still see intelligence. Or at least recognition. Some mm. sort of spark of something. Because he looks up at Jim. Yeah, I don't even think it says you've I, helped me. It's like a quick consideration of, of 
you've got a gun. I know what that does. You're, You're very high up, up, and there's other people in there. And I'm going to go for the e- yeah. I'm going to go for the easy <laughs> meal. <laughs> yeah. See ya. But, and uh, off he goes. But Mailer takes out one of the other soldiers. Oh, turns, through the, through the window? Out, I love that. takes out one of the that. other soldiers. He turns. Jim only takes out your man at the barricade. Yeah. Doris, who's running away, and I, he sticks that, up with the bayonet. Mm. And then your man at the end. Who <laughs> I feel so sorry for of, him. I don't think he can. He's that kid who went into the military because he had no other prospects. Yeah. And he's really soft. And he doesn't, like, he's not comfortable. And he, he does stand up to them. And he doesn't want to be there. And he, like, you can see that in the way he hides. And I do feel bad for him. Like, he kind of didn't deserve that. Yeah, I don't I don't feel too bad for him. I mean, like, they like wouldn't take he, him with them. If, yeah. You know what I mean? No, but he still didn't deserve to get bayoneted to the chest, I don't think. Like, I think he... Well, at least it was, I think Jim could have, like, lived, no, he could see, have been think, allowed to, like, just flee and... And just never see him again. No, yeah. see, I, I think it's better the way they do it because... It's Jim giving him a mercy kill is the way yeah, I view true. it. That's the way I view it. He's so petrified and terrified. Yeah. He doesn't see it coming. He just gets sticked in the chest and then he's pretty much dead. He, and then, it's almost the same as um Thingy running into the log. Brucey. Brucey. Yeah. Poor old Brucey. Yeah, although I feel bad about Brucey. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then he takes out your man at the end, uh, Rapey Cunt. Yeah. Who, who gets his eyes gauged out. Well, and rightly so. Yeah, it, 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 so, I mean, it is the zombies who do most of the work for Jim. But from the moment it gets dark. Yeah. After Jim's gone over the wall and they're like, fuck it, he can't survive out there. Yeah. And you have the scene with Selena and Hannah where they're trying to, like, dress them. Yeah. And that's all just incredibly, horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And then Selena kind of encourages them to leave them alone for a little bit because she's like I can talk her around and by talk her around I'm going to give her some Xanax yeah or something of that type where she's like you won't be able to I think it's supposed to be the Valium that she had from earlier oh is it Valium yeah yeah and that makes sense because yeah. she she has no brain mouth filter after that yeah. which is where you get the taunting of they're all dead they've gone yeah. too long yeah and you're she's next just, and she does not give a shit like she <laughs> yeah. is she's fucking stoned yeah but she has that Valium no filter thing going on well I think it's also like well I know what these asshole soldiers are planning to do to me so I don't care if I freak them out a little bit but you've got in the house and the heartbeat kind of starting very quietly in the background from the moment that the soldiers go to see what's going on which is Jim setting the alarm off setting the the alarm off yeah and everything about how the camera work all the lighting, it all becomes very sharp, very precise, well, very they, framed. There's there's a whole big thing it's in the trivia very... about about how he shot the zombies. I can't remember all the details, but he he shot it on a particular type of way that it was kind of slow motion, but not slow motion. Mm. And it made for this real kind of jerry effect. And that was how he shot the zombies. And from the second Jim gets back to the blockade, that's how Jim is exclusively shot for the rest of the film yeah. until the very end. But even the way a lot of the shots are framed, it all becomes very, very tight and very sharp. And there's only maybe one or two light sources in each scene mm. that make it very, give you these like really stark shadows. Mm. And then the only kind of real colour because it's also pissing rain and there's lightning. Yeah. So you're getting these flashes which bleach out everything. Yeah. 
So all you're seeing is the red then when the gore starts mm. and it actually becomes very almost like graphic novelty in that sense where you're getting these, especially when Jim's running through the house and he goes oh, through yeah. the, the secret door. Yeah. And the next lightning flash, you've got the two really, of them. When he comes One's in. in the corner and the other one's just looking <clears> sideways. <throat> oh, Ah, oh, and that, that soldier who's under the bed. He's like, I've got no bullets. Yeah. And Jim's just like, cool. Fuck it, I'm out the window. They're, they're right behind me, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it becomes very, um, it had been very soft and flowy up to mm. that point. It becomes very staccato paced. Oh yeah, and, and I think because and everything that's come before, that first hour, that slowness, that steady pace, that getting used to all the characters, and then it's really not that violent. You've only got three or four small zombie mm. bits. And then you have all this violence at the end, and it's but it from builds Jim. as it's, well. It's human on human. Yeah, it's what West was talking about, but West has forced him into it. Yeah, it's kind of like my old good old, you know, monster gonna monster. Well, it's monster gonna monster, but like it's, the the rage zombies are just doing what a rage zombie's gonna do. Yeah. Whereas what the humans are doing is deliberate and targeted. So monster gonna monster, but this is totally different. This is I don't. I think it's kind of poetic because West has had his whole thing about, you know, oh, humans are killing humans. It's what they've always done. It's fucking business as usual. We're going to just start a new society when this one burns itself out. Yeah. But his very actions forced Jim into the exact position. mindset and position yeah. that he's been giving he's out about. Him. Yeah, he's, he's left him nothing he's but brought, violence. He's brought out the rage zombie in him. And, and I just love the way that whole scene plays out. Every aspect of it. Because just with the way it's shot, like like the actual camera work, mm. the editing on it, the music, you 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 know he's not infected because he's firing a gun and he's doing very deliberate things yeah. that we haven't seen any of the rage zombies do. But you still at the same time can't help but feel like there's is something he? else going on. And I think it is. Yeah, it's literally just that West has brought it, has forced him, forced him into this absolute primal state of fight and protect. Mm. And I love it so much. It is, I think it, no, it really is. We haven't watched this. Like I used to watch yeah. this at least twice a year from the year it came out from most of my early 20s. I'd probably been, I'd say, nearly 10 years since we watched this. I had forgotten how much I love this scene. Easily my favourite scene in I had forgotten how all of 21st century cinema, probably. The, that whole sequence actually is. Mm. Because it does, um, I, I have a particular fondness for, for the piece of music behind it. Oh, um, gotcha. Which has been used like kick ass, oh, used it really, kick. really well in the scene with um, Big Daddy with in the, the strokes. Yeah, yeah. Again, not as good as this, but still. No, really but good. very much in the same kind of um, sphere. Yeah. But I've forgotten how, number one, it is actually quite a long piece, and the sequence is as long as the pieces, and I think it's about 10 minutes mm. where it builds, but it builds in such a way that the way the music layers builds a tension in you. Oh, absolutely. That really if this if it didn't have that backing it wouldn't be oh no and the same the same with the the opening scene in london if that music wasn't there you wouldn't get that sense of panic either and it is it's just it's the same in it's a culmination in sunshine sunshine. and what do you see oh i love Um, it i know and i i i there are certain how much i love that and how beautiful that was at the time and probably said that that was my favorite scene but that's just one visual. This is a whole fucking long ass scene. Yeah. But it has that same kind of ha. Huh. <laughs> like you know, Danny Boyle knows how to make music and visuals work together really fucking well. This one, yeah, and the way it's edited, the whole editing process as well that went into this. Yeah. To give you this, like the house is a you never get a, a true layout of the house. 
Mm. And Jim doesn't have a layout of the house, even though he's found some like little secret passages or hidden rooms, whether that's well, pure also, dumb luck or he's just booting it around the outside and, and just trying. But also a lot of the artwork and the statues in the house are of, oh, I'll probably mispronounce it. It's like Leo Kuhn, who was, he was one of the soldiers, uh, or sorry, not one of the soldiers, one of the priests of Troy who advised against letting the wooden soldier inside. Uh, the wooden soldier, the wooden. I say the wooden horse inside. Yeah, there's there's a lot of artwork of him and statues of him around the house, as a little nod to yeah, maybe don't trust these soldiers, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but also that with that kind of confusing layout of the house that you're not too sure of. Because it's like some big ornate rooms, and then down yeah. in the kitchen is very much throwback because you're in it's, it's the bells of the house. Like. Yeah, with the steps down into the kitchen and the the domed roof. Mm. And then the bigger dressing rooms. Mm. There's something about the shot where the soldier's hiding under the bed. In that room, there's the two porcelain dolls. What, the one with the fly crawling the across one with it? The, yeah, they're in focus and the fly's crawling up the mm. face. And, it, and it's a kid's well, room and it really fucking well, freaks one me the, out. I really dislike there's it. There's about five or six things in the trivia that specifically mentioned like famous photographs Danny Boyle had used for certain scenes. There was ones from like Car Bomb Aftermaths in Belfast. There was ones from like something to do with Paul Potts regime mm. yeah very, just various like iconic photographs that he drew from uh, it didn't mention that but I'm nearly positive that that must have also been either from like an iconic horror film or another photograph because he, he draw, drew apparently yeah, no, a lot it, of these it, as well because of that one is uh, that the one stands out as well, well. Mm. because it is the only one where there's something like that you've got their interaction in the background that's not quite in focus and this always is in very sharp focus at the front mm. and it is it just weirds me out the fly I think it's that element of decay and again yeah, with, it, with Jim being the way he is it, <clears throat> it adds to your kind of unease over because normally also the sol- it, the implication there the soldier is hiding in a, in a small child's bedroom mm. like he's hiding from the big bad wolf oh yeah like the boogeyman is, he's under the bed but that's hiding from the boogeyman that's again one of the reasons that I love this scene so much because it, it's the protagonist in a zombie film going badass against a group of soldiers who have wronged him we should be all, yeah, gung-ho. Like, you know, in other films, when things like that happen, it's it's a big rah, action thing and it's our hero kicking ass like he should be. That's not the feeling you get when you're watching Jim no. run around setting zombies loose on people, stabbing them and then gouging their eyes you out. You're like, you're like, okay, I mean, they all deserve it, but like, I mean... Damn, Jim. Yeah, I'm not really like... <laughs> I mean, You want you, a cigarette? Yeah, I want, I want you to save the girls and all, but like... <laughs> at least you do get to hear like as he's running around you do get to hear him you do hear him calling for Hannah and Selena so you're like oh okay he's just not rampage he's, it's not just like a rampage that's okay he is there yeah. he's not just enacting revenge on their behalf I mean I like think, he is actively searching for them uh, we could do an entire podcast on this scene I wrote an essay in college on this scene alone we mm. could do hours on this scene alone I do like it when he comes down when he actually manages to get into the attic section yeah so and he can hear them then mm. that Hannah hiding behind the mirror oh it's brilliant so many bits in this it's just nice little like nuggets it's like mm. oh, it's almost like somebody was like what do you want to see happen <laughs> yeah and they managed to work it in Hannah snapped out of it fairly fast I'll give her that <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. I do enjoy though, just as the scene is is starting to ramp up when they're making a break for it out the door and it's 
absolutely lashing rain and two, the two come in from outside yeah and they're like how did you get out here and then you hear the high pitched screaming and they Doris. rush down the, ho- the hallway and Doris runs past and then <laughs> the, the other zombie goes past going, blah, blah, blah. and they're like right fuck it you get after yeah. it go on ah, you get back off in there yeah but they go from being all kind of like leery like oh what's going on here to oh shit Shit. Yeah, and I do kind of I'm like, oh, okay, all right. At least you understand the severity of the situation. Well, they're still they're still soldiers as well. But you haven't just gone right. We have the girls. Well, let's just leave. That's I'm pretty sure that's what no, the dickhead's plan is. Is he goes, you go after Mailer. I'll stay here with the girls. Well, no, he takes and then he's them gonna off. fuck off. Yeah, he takes them off into another room. But like, but yeah, no, it's just it's such an excellent like. It's not the last scene, you know, but it is. It's the that's like the only kind of comedic bit because it is yeah. almost like almost Scooby-Doo-esque. Yeah, there's one or two kind the of... The shrieking are, doesn't help. There are a couple of bits of levity and earlier there's a, there on. And there is very much a clever girl scene. Oh, uh, yeah. When he's going into the kitchen. Yeah. I just, I know, uh, the fact that the goriest scene in all of the zombie film is human-on-human violence. Yeah. It's just, ah, it's so good. But as to the actual ending... I'm still not sure which one I prefer because I had, yeah. possibly still have the special edition DVD of this and there's a few different alternate endings. They there's shot a whole bunch. Three. But there's three on the DVD yeah. that I recall. One, Jim dies in the hospital and Hannah and Selena walk out of the hospital on their own. Ambiguous ending. But they're probably going to die. Yeah. Another one is the one we see in the film. And another one is... Celine, Celine sewing at the table talking to somebody and you think it's talking she thinks she's talking to Jim and the camera pans around and she's just talking to a chicken and then Hannah runs in says I can hear it coming and we have pretty much the same ending with the plane going overhead yeah. only Jim is dead yeah and I can't decide which one I prefer I don't like I don't like the ambiguous ending with Jim dead and the girls just leaving leaving the hospital but yeah. as to the, the other two the um, hopeful ending one with Jim dead and one with Jim not I'm not sure which I prefer like I don't no. think I'd be too upset like, with Jim being dead I like I don't mind Jim not being dead I would no I, I'm not like I'm not arguing for Jim's death here I just can't no. decide no which... I just think there would have been a very funny follow up that was like you know Jim's mental progression <laughs> having done these things and having to come to terms with that well, I mean, he started the first. The first thing he did was kill a kid. Yeah. So killing a bunch of rape happy soldiers probably a bit easier. And for then him. telling Major West, <laughs> "I killed a kid." Yeah. Although, in fairness, he doesn't kill Major West. Mm-hmm. Hannah gets that. Oh, <laughs> Hannah gets that that wonderful distinction yeah. and honor and and clever girl. Yes, uh, but yeah, I can't I can't decide which ending I I prefer. I'm just glad that there was a finished pilot in it. Yeah, I, I do know. I like. I definitely prefer the ending we got over the ambiguous mm. one. Like, I like that. You also kind of see that far. Well, you see that Farrell was right because just before oh, when Jim Jim gets run away, he sees he, he sees, sees a jet airplane. flying overhead, and he's like, "Shit, the world really ha- is just going on." And you realize that yeah. the soldiers are like, "Oh yeah, no, there's no more society." And Farrell, like everything that Farrell's been saying, like, "No, there is. Like the world's just going on. They've just they're just all watching." the UK they don't give a shit like there's a sea border that's all they have to patrol yeah and, um, and I'd it, like to see the DUP complain about that <laughs> DUP don't complain about anything uh, um, yeah no and again that that kind of tracks and makes sense because for how quickly the, the virus spreads 
even if it somebody burn managed out so fast. Even if somebody it, managed to get on a half an hour flight to fucking Paris, by the time that person gets on board and starts infecting other people, that plane is going to that fly. plane's going to crash. Yeah. Or or that pilot is going to have that door locked and be like, eh, I've got a bunch of like. Zombies on my plane. Yeah, and then I'm just plane, gonna crash it into the sea. Then okay? that plane's gonna get blown out of the sky. Yeah, or similarly, if somebody manages to get on a boat, they realise before yeah. the boat got into dock and they scuttle the fucking boat. Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah, not like England in Doomsday where they were infected and making it to the wall, and then the soldiers get a bit kill happy. Yeah, and again, but even in, in like, there's no incubation period in this. It's about twenty seconds. Yeah, in Doomsday, so it's, it is a very immediate cause and effect. So yeah, so um, yeah, Farrell's They right. just went quarantine the whole country. Yeah, off you go, bye bye. I know. At the start, Selena says, "Oh, just before broadcast stopped, we heard reports of it in France. New York and France, or New York and Paris." Which the only thing I can think of of it making its way to France, not by water or air, is the tunnel. The tunnel. That possibly. And that is a very determined rage zombie running. Because how do you close a tunnel like that? Like, unless they <laughs> well, go no, and like, they actually on, like concrete on the train. it on the. Fr- yeah, but either way, then you've still got an open tunnel that's not sealed. Yeah, but apparently the reason that they they went that way was just changes in the script. As they went on, they just, they kind of and fleshed out the idea more. They thought, no, do you know what? It would it probably wouldn't be able to make it. Definitely, it would make definitely it not part. to New York. No, because probably the likes- not even to Paris. And they wanted to have this ending with Farrell. Well, Farrell being the way he is, like. Mm. No, I like Farrell. I do like the fact that Farrell's like, no. Yeah, don't be stupid, <laughs> but. Is there anything else we love about this film? I mean, apart from all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was because it was such a different zombie film. Mm. It was a kind of re sparked interest in the in the genre because up until this point it had been kind of yeah. I think the the only one I can think of that came out anywhere near this would have been Dawn of the Dead. The oh, remake? that was that was two thousand and four. That was that was the next big fast zombie film, and that very much took its cue from these from this. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of today come out in the nineties. Fast zombies. No, I not mean, fast zombies, but just zombie films in general. It was kind of a very uh, much a, a dead I, genre at this at point. At that point, yeah, there like, wasn't any big no, like you had blockbuster zombie films no. in the nineties. They yeah, they were probably only you know. It was like big action and aliens and monsters. Zombies weren't really a thing. No, it was the the Michael Bay, John Woo era. But um, they did want Robert Carlyle as Major West. But he was unavailable. Oh. And now he would have been good because I've seen him in enough villainous roles. But... I think I prefer him with the role he has in the second one. Yeah, no, I like him as uh, as the dad in the second yeah. one. I do think they could Christopher have... Christopher Eccleston does a great job in, it, in this I, as well. I think I... Christopher Eccleston could have almost been creepier. Just in a more kind of stand... Not stand... He's trying... I know he's trying to be welcoming and, 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 and lure them. But it's almost like he's above, he thinks himself above them as well. Oh, he's an absolute the hypocrite. Smarm. I think, no, I, I just see him as an, as an absolute hypocrite in nearly everything he does. Yeah, I Because just even don't... when he's like, oh, going, you know, get the girls dressed up. Yeah. Like, he knows what the guys are going to do. It doesn't look like he's going to take part. No. Why do they need to be dressed up? It's like he's trying to, like... He's like, this little like puppet master. Like, He's no, like, but like, your oh, toys, go yeah, play with you, them. But if if you dress them up, it's somehow less degrading to them or something. And it's like you know, what I mean, he walks away looking like he doesn't. He feels bad about having to do this to them. He fucking doesn't. 
he's an absolute hypocrite and it's the same in the way he's like talking to them he's like oh yeah no we need you guys to set up the new society but obviously we're better than you because we're soldiers and we know all this stuff he's just yeah he's a prick of a character he is but it is it's just it's such a such a well-written film it's Alice Garland yeah and and when the two of them work together when Alice Garland and Danny Boyle work together it's magic yeah I there's yeah there's very little that I don't like about this film one or two small things like I said maybe the rage zombies should attack each other a bit but then nah, virus does want to propagate so yeah. virus got a virus like monster got a monster yeah you can't get well you can't get COVID while you're COVID <laughs> like you can't get more rage virus like you can't get like oh no he's like super no, super I, no I'm, not, I'm not saying I, no, just, no but like yeah even, I just even yeah. just the odd fight and the only other thing oh almost like a snapping snarling kind of predatory type affair mm, that kind of thing because in the scene where your man is hiding. I also want to see a rage pig or possibly a rage squirrel because I think if it if it tra- if it jumped to like squirrels that would be an unstoppable <laughs> army well I think I don't think it's supposed to be transferable to other animals it's it's based on polio Ebola oh Ebola so can transfer amongst primates yeah. including humans sorry because I you know the whole polio vaccine uh, incubated in rhesus monkeys there from mm. HIV unfortunate yeah. side effect of but yeah no it makes sense that it's based on Ebola because you know contact yeah uh, in that scene where or sorry man, outbreak yeah that scene where your man is hiding under the kitchen counters and your man gets flung onto the table. Oh, I actually yes. wouldn't have minded because it's supposed to be pure on kind of rage and, and all of your instinctual and these soldiers Oh, were, you get a boner and you shit yourself? Well, no, but up until recently, one of those newly turned zombies was about to rape somebody. Yeah. And they did, they did, I'm not sure if they filmed it, but they certainly intended to extend that scene and have there is that a, soldier an, be sodomized. An, an implication of it. There's a, there's a very slight implication there. But considering all the stuff that, that they plan on doing to the girls, I wouldn't have minded seeing a guy get actually sodomized on screen for a second or two. Not literally sodomized, but you know what I mean? Make it a little bit more explicit. Yeah, just so, say it, the taste of their own medicine. Yeah, they fucking deserve it. Like, yeah. And it's, I think it's one of those things that pisses me off where so many films are like, oh, how can we show these These are bad guys? Oh, they're rapey. They're rapey bad guys. That's that's. You said rape twice. Yeah, they really like rape. <laughs> but but as soon as it's a guy that's about to get raped, oh no, can't show that. No, nope. you know well, what I mean? That is, we that's show... the whole premise of the horror in Alien. Yeah, and, and even then they have to skirt around it and use a big giant fucking alien bursting out of your chest. Yeah. No, show a guy get raped once, once in a while for fuck's sake. Yeah, scream like a pig. Yeah. But but I just I think it would have actually been a little bit more effective had they Again, actually just made that implication a little push, bit push push the project blind boy in there a little bit more yeah yeah less girl rapey more guy rapey again the, the, it's only just small issues that I have with maybe with the rage zombie where I feel like they could have yeah well it's actually a, like it is a relatively short film yeah yeah so yeah, they're around forty around yeah. forty five so we'll we'll forgive plot holes. I would no. I wouldn't because even call it a plot we're, hole at we're all. We're picking it's up just, information from them. So yeah, like and this observing. is on this yeah. is on after millions and millions yeah. of watches of this film. Like it's just one or two small things like that. I'm like, I like I'm going to tell Danny Boyle how to correct his fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, anything else that you liked before we wrap up on Twenty Eight Days Later? Yep. Well then, let's wrap up. That's Twenty Eight Days Later. It gets the usual mono rants recommends. And we will be back with the usual undecided film next week. In the meantime, if you want, you can listen to some of our previous episodes or you can check out our other podcast, Mono Rants the Boys, or you can come and find us on Twitter at Rants Mono 
on Instagram at monorants underscore the underscore boys, or you can send your own rants to monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is Sci-Fi.